Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Metadata. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 173 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we jumped into the current conversation and discussion about artificial intelligence and whether AI can actually replace lawyers. And then we dove into the impact of machine learning on on lawyers. Some really interesting ideas on that episode. But I got to say, Tom, at the end of that episode, our (laughs) heads were spinning and that pointed us to our topic for today. Do breaks from technology help us? Tom, what's on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we're going to be talking about whether taking a technology break is a good thing, and and if so, what that might look like. Uh, In our second segment, we're going to ask whether it's time to let apps and websites track us even more than they do now. And uh, as usual, we're going to finish up with our parting shots, that one tip website or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first, we want to talk about a topic that might seem, I guess, a bit unusual, given that this is a technology podcast, uh, and that's taking a vacation from technology. I'm going to have some very probably different opinions from you, Dennis, uh, again on this particular podcast, but I'll ask you, what got you thinking about taking a technology vacation? Well, Tom, both of us were recently on, on vacation, and so being away, you know, made me think a little bit differently about technology. And I sort of have the old school approach to social media. I don't like to, to let people know when I'm not at home. So uh, I tend not to post a lot. And if I do, I sort of post ambiguously when I'm, when I'm out of town on social media. So that sort of changed my, the way I normally use technology. And then uh, we had a big storm here and uh, we're without power for a couple of days. And then it came back up and it would uh, blink on and off uh, every now and then. And so that also kind of forced me into a, a non-technology kind of space for, for a little bit. And so both of those things got me thinking. And then this is the time of year where you usually see an article or two or 10 of people saying that they've taken some time off technology and they've had this revelation that we're actually humans and that you can talk to people and, and they make make that seem like that's some sort of big discovery about technology. So I thought it was a, it, it all those things sort of made me feel it's time to kind of rethink technology and maybe take a step back and say, does it make sense in a sort of controlled fashion to take a little break from technology? Well, you know, I had some of the similar issues that you had on vacation. Well, I, I mean, I, I, maybe I didn't have these issues. I, 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 you and I, and we're going to talk about in the B segment, the issue about being tracked. And I'm going to ask you a specifically pointed question about your social media use when you're traveling. Um, but let's save that for the B session. You know, traveling for me with technology, I find that there are parts of it that I can and are and happily do without, but there are parts of it that I don't 
want to do without. Um, I will say though that that using technology is a can be a challenge. You know, we we landed at the airport uh, in the the very small airport on the west coast of Canada, um, and I was immediately panicked because I had no signal on my phone. And that's a, if you've seen the commercial where people without internet, I I literally had that moment of panic. And uh, that's something that I can probably get used to. But I think as we talk more and more about this, uh, I'm gonna stand for the position that taking a break from technology doesn't always solve whatever issue you're trying to solve and that maybe there's a better way to deal with technology that gets you the benefits but also gets you the benefits of the technology. So maybe I, I want to ask, Dennis, you know, how are you defining taking a break? Do you mean it calling it cold turkey? Do you mean no tech for a while? Do you mean no social media for a while? Are we just going to look at one thing? But but for purposes of framing this conversation and this podcast, how do you define taking a break or taking a vacation from technology? Well, I, th- I think that's what we'll work toward. And, and so, I'm, you know, Tom, you and I are technology people. So the idea of taking a total break from technology seems ridiculous to me. But Phasing back a little bit, so sort of two things that I was I was thinking about that in the last episode when we were talking about machine learning and you know maybe trying a little bit on our own and stuff, I just realized like wow, there's a lot of stuff going on and I can't really do it all and I I need to be smart about how I do this. So I, I think one one sense of taking a break from technology is saying, can I step back in a way so I'm not overwhelmed and I become simpler in my approach to technology and maybe build in some gaps and some spaces in what I do and, and not try to do everything. And then the other thing is I, I think there's a need to be kind of smart about what you're doing uh, because like I mentioned, it seems like every year there are these articles about somebody who takes 30 days off social media and decides that, you know, you can actually talk to humans and have dinner with your family and stuff like that. And there, it's just a boring subgenre that I, I really hate. I really hate those articles because you can do all those things and use technology mm-hmm. to enhance those situations. So um, usually they're written by somebody who hates technology and this is a way to pat themselves on the back for taking a break. So I, I think that total break doesn't necessarily make sense. Uh, I mean, I can see a thing where you're doing a retreat and you just kind of step back, but I, I, I don't know like you were saying, Tom, that you actually want to be in a place where people can't reach you on your, your smartphone or you can't find where you're going or those sorts of things. But I, I think the idea of turning off a little bit, slimming down, those sorts of things and saying, oh, for a structured period of time, I'm going to vastly simplify and see what benefit that might bring is how I think of taking a break. So it's a limited form of break, but definitely I don't really see it's possible these days to do a total break. Well, and I, I agree, and so maybe maybe we maybe we actually do agree in, in, in this podcast. We, we never we never disagree. Tom. I know, and that's what people complain about. I was trying to find a point of contention, and it looks like I am not going to be successful this time. But I mean, I think I think what you boil down to is that I don't think I ever want to take a complete break from technology. It's too helpful to supplement what I do. So if we take the example of just going on vacation, and I know that some people, they say, I'm going to completely unplug. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm not going to bring a laptop with me. I'm going to completely unplug and just be a human being. Well, 
I appreciate that, but there's too many things that technology does that can help me enjoy my vacation more. It can provide me the map and the walking directions if I want to go sightseeing and see something. Um, it can help me learn more about where I happen to be and provide those resources. Um, it, you know, I... Okay, don't force me to read a paper book because I just don't read paper books anymore. It can help me read a book when I just want to relax and sit somewhere and not do anything. And so I think that the taking a break thing, you know, the people who are off social media forever, I think that's a, a false argument. I think you're right. I think those are individuals who have a different issue. And I think that the real issue is learning how to do without or to minimize or reduce the amount of technology that you have. And one resource that I really like, and I some sometimes think about taking a break from technology as reducing the amount of information overload that you have, because that's one of the implications of technology. And, and I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, I've mentioned it to a lot of people, I'm a big fan of the Note to Self podcast on WNYC. And uh, for a period of time, a couple of months ago, they had a series that they called Info Magical, which was designed to help you make information overload disappear. And it had a bunch of exercises that they challenged you to try. And one exercise was no multitasking for a day. You know, just focus on one thing. Don't try to multitask. One was tidy up your phone, get rid of the junk and the apps that you, you don't need on that. I'm a big fan of that. Um, one was consume only the news and content that's valuable to you and don't follow every single story that you see on websites or on social media or wherever. Um, one was discuss something with someone for at least seven minutes, which I'm really scared and it bothers me that there's that lack of communication with people. But I, you know, I, I've, I don't know if I even want to try one of these InfoMagical. They're vaguely interesting to me, but I'm, I'm at least intrigued enough to think that these are ways that people can find to disconnect in a certain way or to reduce the amount of reliance that they have on technology. So I think that's not entirely a bad thing. And I think there actually is a point to taking a break from when, when you feel so overwhelmed by technology and trying to learn new things. Time I kind of go back to our, our typical notion when we look at technology is, is there is a sense, and I know this is a bad word because of the tax connotations, but there is a sense of doing an audit is is the great starting point. So I like to just kind of, and I, I did this a little bit of kind of add up all the technology that you do and the sort of things that you routinely do, social media, email, those sorts of things, and and just figure out how much time you're spending on all of that technology. There's a great podcast by uh, a guy, uh, Michael Hyatt, and he was talking about ways to simplify your life. And uh, one of the things he said is, when you look at all the things you're doing, can you step back and say, is this really sustainable? You know, is it sustainable that I can keep doing a blog post every day? I can do all this Twitter thing. I can spend a half hour here. I can do, you know, all these different things. Is that sustainable over the long run? And then as you start to look at that, answer that question, I think that can point to some ways where you say, well, maybe I'm trying to do some stuff in technology that doesn't make sense. It definitely is not sustainable over the long run or gets in the way of the things I really might want to do um, using technology. So, so I thought that was a... A, a useful thought, and uh, um, that's a good podcast, I think, for people to listen to because uh, there are a lot of good I ideas there on how to, to slim down your life. And Tom, I'll, of course, task you with chasing me down to find a link that we can put in the show notes to that podcast. But I think that is this sustainable is, is one good way to start 
uh, looking at taking a break from technology. Well, you know, I need to go and find that link because I, I saw your note about his podcast in the show notes and I am or in, in our script for our podcast and I it made me I was curious, so I went to go look at his podcast. I've now subscribed to because I want to listen more. I will say though that, and but and to be honest, I can't find the one that you're just talking about. So I need to come back to you and figure out which one that is. But I did find one that I thought was interesting because I initially thought the one that said, you know how to take the perfect vacation. And I thought, oh, that's the one Dennis must be talking about because it's a vacation. Maybe it includes a vacation from technology. I will say that I don't, and maybe I'm heading down a rabbit hole here, but I don't agree with every single thing that he says because one of his, one of his recommendations is um, to basically delete every single email that you get while you're on vacation, to set an out-of-office message to everyone, including your clients, which really, really bugs me in a certain way, that says, I'm on vacation, I'm going to be deleting all of my email, um, it's going to be copied to my assistant who's going to help if she can, otherwise, if this is really important, then please email me back after the date that I get back. And that's a kind of break from technology that I really have a problem with, because it's it, it really gets in the way of good relationships with your clients, because you never know how a client's going to react to that. And I think that there are instances in which a break from technology could perhaps be harmful to your career, depending on how you handle it and the types of clients you have and the type of people that you have. It's kind of like, to me, declaring email bankruptcy. Let's just get rid of all my email and start over because I've got too much. I think that's a cop-out. I think that's a. there's clearly smarter ways to deal with those issues. There's smarter ways to deal with the avalanche of email that you have when you come back from vacation. I just don't know that that's the answer. And I, I'm sorry for that rant in the middle of this discussion. So I'll, I'll I kind of turn it back over to our regular scheduled program but but it's but it's to me I don't view that as an effective break from technology because I think that that brings up different issues. Well, I think that the part of that is something I did on on my recent vacation which was that I definitely had backup on work projects which is a great thing and so I knew that if something really important came up uh my backup person was somebody who was going to show me that they would handle it on their own, so, which is also a, a really great thing. But I also knew that if there was something really big, I was going to get a phone call from one of three people. And that if they really needed me, they would call me and it wouldn't be an email. So I basically could get away with not looking at, at email while I was on vacation because the backup systems were in place. So I think that that allowed me to really leverage a vacation that I, I felt I really needed and needed to have some downtime um, by kind of pulling back from the technology that's sort of most oppressive, which is email. So there are different ways to handle that. So I think as you start to look at taking a break, you can, again, look at the components of the technology. And then I just look at it as, as when you're taking a vacation, it's you're overwhelmed, you, you know, you just can't keep going the same way. And so the email is one place you can take a break, social media, posting, you know, listening to podcasts, all those sorts of things you could say, I can, for some period of time, cut that back and see if that takes a little bit of the 
you know, the pressure and stress I feel about technology, or I can say, I'll cut back on these things and learn something new. I have a question I wrote here in the script time, which says, I know that both of us have kind of slowed down our blog posting is, is, and I, I'm wondering if our blog slowdowns are kind of an example of taking, taking a little break from technology um, as we uh, take our writing and other energies in, in some different ways. So I'm going to answer your question then and go back real quick to that email issue because it's still stuck with me. My answer to your question is that my blog slowdown is not a break from technology. It's a break from writing. For me, the time-consuming nature is coming up with the content and really taking the time to write something thoughtful. And that has my brain flummoxed sometimes is that I just don't want to sit down and commit to the writing stuff. The technology I can deal with. In fact, sometimes dealing with the technology is the most interesting part for me. I may be different in that regard. Let me step back though. I know this is, I'm going down another rabbit hole, but let me do it one more time and say that you dealt with your email in that way. But when you came back from your vacation, all that email that you didn't pay attention to is sitting there and you've got to deal with it at that point in time. And so the way that I dealt with it, I did not take as much of a technology break. But one of the things that I really like about our new apps for iPad and for, for the mobile phones is that my Outlook app gives me the ability to swipe through my email and either delete something I don't need or mark as read email that I need to deal with later. And so my practice when I was on vacation, granted, I'm not unplugged and I'm making that admission up front. Morning and evening, I would go through my, my inbox. I would swipe left or right with each email. I would either delete it because I knew I didn't need it. If it was going to be handled, I, if I still needed to deal with it, I would mark it as read. And that literally took me, I don't know, a minute, two minutes, and that was it. If it was something important, I knew that somebody was going to handle it or call me otherwise. And by the time I got back from vacation, it literally took me 30 minutes to process all the email that had been waiting for me all that time just because I took a minute or two during that time. And so for me, it's finding the balance. It's saying, here's where, here's the amount of technology that I can handle to make it easier for me later on, because otherwise it's, it, I, I just don't know that I like that offset there. So I'll, again, I'll shut up and I'll let you take the lead again on where we head with this. But that's where I, maybe we do disagree is that I, I tend to think that there's that balance that you have to find. And for me, for me personally, the balance tends to be with using technology probably more often than more people would want to do. Well, what I would say is that you and others, I think, would get this tremendous, you got this great insight, which was that by spending a few minutes in the morning or in the evening, that you were able to basically stay on top of email. Correct. Uh, so nothing was really bothering you. And that habit could actually extend to when you, you went back to work and say, instead of answering, looking at every email that comes in, which is sort of the great killer of productivity is if I look at email Batches. first thing in the morning yep. and then I batch it again in the afternoon, then it's not dominating my day. I so, I, so, so I think that by taking that little break, you can say, oh, here's something I can do different. So I guess, Tom, I wanted to talk about like, so if you actually decide to take a break, I was thinking, what might that look like? And so for, for me, I, I sort of think that the whole going tech-free for 30 days or six months or whatever doesn't really make sense to me, you know, especially if, if you're working. So I look at the break as, as something to be limited or focused and a short term, so it's doable, you know, 
day, a couple days a week, you know, in connection with the vacation. I think you can target things. Like I know, Tom, you and I both probably know friends of ours who, for them and probably for us as well, it'd be nice if they took a week or two break from replying to every single political issue out there and arguing with everybody who disagrees with them. And I would think their life would probably be a lot easier and a lot better. So I, I think that sort of, you know, short term, limited focus, and then saying, what's the purpose of this break? Like, what's overwhelming me? And what am I taking a break from? And what can I learn from it? Because I, I think your that email lesson that you kind of learn time is, is something that other people could do and, and could carry over uh, to their everyday work later. Right. I, and I think you're right. And frankly, if I had to take a break from something, it would be from it would be from something like Facebook or Twitter. And I think it's because it's because it it's not that technology overwhelms me. It's that the messages and you know, in granted, we're in an election year, but frankly, these days, every year is an election year, and it has the potential to get me worked up to the extent that I want to say something, but I know that either one, it will make no difference, or two, uh, it'll it'll make me just angrier. And so, I think that if I really took a break, it might be a break from all of that. But what I lose on Facebook is I lose learning about what my other friends are up to, the ones who don't care about politics. So the ones who are talking about what's going on in their lives. I really like the ideas from InfoMagical. I, I think they're very similar to what you're talking about in that, you know, just let's no multitasking for today. Just spend today working on one task at a time, finish that task and move on to the next one and focus on that. Or my biggest issue, I think, is that I like to keep informed. So I'm always catching up on the news, whether it's reading my RSS feeds or reading Twitter or other sources. I'm always wanting to see the news. But sometimes I get chased down rabbit holes and I look down things that I don't really want. So if I focused only on stories that mattered to me and stories that I was interested in, maybe I would find that I wasn't spending as much time getting that kind of information during the day. And so I I like that idea of finding that one area that really is a problem that takes up the time or that gives you the most aggravation and find a way to make it more manageable um, just for a short period. Even a day, I think, is a useful exercise to see if uh, that makes a difference in your life. Well, especially if you understand what it is that's bothering you or overwhelming you. So the example I have recently is I've seen or heard a number of people complain about LinkedIn and how they hate LinkedIn um, and they're going to quit LinkedIn because <laughs> they get all these emails. And I, I just want to go like, dude, it just, it's just it's setting. Just go into settings and change the email alerts and then you go to LinkedIn whenever you want and you're totally in control of it. You know, like you're complaining about an issue that would take you like, it's like 15 seconds to take care of, you know? And so I, I think if, if you take the break and then you say, hey, maybe there are these tools built in there. You know, I could do Facebook groups. I could do these other things that maybe you would make this stuff more manageable. I could go through and the thing I do is, is you may – you can mark things to like see less of a certain type of thing or to block certain political or other things that, that you want to do without unfriending people. So there are ways you can kind of, you know, help things. So part of the break, I would say, well, what can I do that's productive? And then I also, time to wrap up, I, I think what I like about this notion of taking a break is, is what I liked about going on vacation is it gives you this chance to come back refreshed, to 
demonstrate to yourself that you don't have to be in everything all the time, that the world of social media and everything goes on just fine without you. And I think it has uh, potentially the same benefits of, of any vacation. And, you know, and you can, uh, using technology or not, still talk to people, still be out in nature, do all those sorts of things. It, it, you know, technology doesn't take that away from you. So it's just, you know, help you get the right balance. Okay. So again, we agree. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And I, looking at the script realize I have a shockingly long introduction here. So, <laughs> so Tom, stay with me here. Uh, I really like Kevin Kelly's new book called The Inevitable, which is about 12 aspects of technology that he calls inevitable in the sense that they will occur no matter what we do or don't do. So these are sort of big technology themes. I think it's required reading these days for anybody interested in technology. So one of his 12 inevitabilities is tracking so he says anything these days that can be tracked will be tracked. And that made me think, because I, th- I think it is, it is right. So the fact that tracking, uh, that we're being tracked won't change, but how we deal with tracking is what, what matters. So there's closed circuit TV, fitness trackers, location trackers, all sorts of things. So I'm usually really hesitant about enabling tracking, except for fitness and a few other things. And on my recent vacation, I observed that not enabling location had what I thought was a negative impact on search results and app performance. So, Tom, you were an early Foursquare user, and I see you check in at restaurants and other locations on a regular basis. Should I accept that tracking is inevitable and from now on just start to enable much more tracking of myself? So this is where I promised to ask a question to you that I that you brought up in the first segment. And, and that is that you don't post on social media where you are, especially when you're on vacation. And, and so here's the question. I, I remember the days when, um, you know, when Twitter was relatively new and everybody was checking, like when I would check in, it would all automatically post to Twitter that I met so-and-so. And there was a survey that was gathering all of these tweets where people said, I'm checked in here and I checked in there. And they named the site, Please Rob Me, um, because it was basically you announcing to the world, because your Twitter feed was public for the most part, you announcing to the world that uh, you were not at home. But I'll ask, I've been able or I have decided to limit whatever check-ins I have to my closed network of friends on Facebook. The app that I use uh, to check things in is limited to maybe 20 people or or less. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it's shame on me if the service is giving that information to other people. Uh, and, and that's a problem. Shame on me if I friend people who are going to rob me. But I guess my question back to you is, is that if you limit yourself to that, what's the concern? Is there still a concern there about being tracked about when you're out of town? Or, or is there something I'm missing? Well, I think that's really Kevin Kelly's point is that if 
this tracking is going to happen. So I, I look and I go, oh, my Apple Watch is doing all sorts of tracking. I noticed uh, somebody showed me something the other day. I, I had no idea that was that was tracking in, in the health apps. Um, and it was interesting to me. Um, but, I, but I think to the extent that we're able to kind of set the framework for it and to set the controls. So I think that, as you say, you're okay with check-in as long as it's going out to your friends who like to know, you know, what restaurants you go to and things like that. Uh, you're less so if, if you say, oh, it's going to a group of, you know, organized crime members or, you know, kidnappers or whatever, you know, you happen to be afraid of. Uh, and, and there could be other things, but I think the issue is, is more control and to say, okay, this tracking is going to happen. And it's going to happen more and more in ways just because by the nature of technology, it's so easy to track things. And the benefits of tracking, you know, will become greater and greater, or at least we hope, and especially in the health area. So uh, and, and I really noticed, like I said, that Google searches and other things, I feel that it's not as good for me because I don't I don't allow it to have certain information. And, and I don't do that sort of tracking. And so the recommendations can't be as good. Other things don't, you know, alerts don't come to me in certain ways. So I'm not as personalized. So I think as we go to augmented reality, virtual reality, those sorts of things, that tracking and what people can do with that for you is going to be a really great thing. And, and you need to kind of keep up with it to kind of be in the world in the ways that other people are. So, but, so I think the issue becomes like, what's the contract? What's the social contract? How, what kind of control do we have? Can we have like a slider that will say, you know, on the basis of privacy, not privacy tracking versus not tracking, we can kind of move it to the place that we're most comfortable with. And that's appealing to me, although I know that Kevin Kelly has said that when you kind of pose that to people, the tendency most people do is to push the slider to say track everything, uh, which doesn't feel right to me. But I can see over time the benefits could come that way. So I, I think it's a fascinating issue. And I, I guess I'm hearing myself say I need to enable more tracking. But I don't know, Tom, are you ready to kind of open up even more? Or are you sort of comfortable where you are with being tracked? Well, I mean, I think that inevitability doesn't mean you have to give yourself over to it. And I think that the control, that the fact that we do have control to a certain extent is a good thing. And if you don't like being tracked, then do your best to limit that. And I know a lot of people who do that. I know a lot of people who aren't even remotely on social media because they felt like it's tracking. I'll tell you the one of the worst examples of tracking that I've seen lately is the fact that I can do a search on Google and search for something for, you know, a technology tool that I want to get or some other some other thing that I want to do. And I'll then go on to Facebook and there's an ad in Facebook for the exact thing that I was just searching for. And I don't know how that information got to Facebook from Google. And I don't know that I want to know that, but that's, you know, that's, that's an issue that seems invasive to me. I'd love to control that a little bit more. But then again, it doesn't seem like I'm giving any personal information away. It just feels like they know what I'm doing. Now, on the other hand, take a look at Google. Google now has a hub that's called my account, um, where you can see every single thing that Google knows about you. Every single thing that, you, that you've done, your entire search history is right there. All of the voice commands that you've given to Google, OK Google, to, to that, it'll, it'll come up. Um, so on the one hand, this shows that Google is tracking a heck of a lot of stuff about you. But on the other hand, they're also being 
completely transparent about it. They're not hiding anything, and so you can make the decision on what's too much and and where to dial it down and where to control it. And so, you know, my personal approach is that I don't mind being tracked when I have that sense of comfort, when I have that sense of control, and I'm able to uh, limit it to beyond what I think is reasonable. And if my confidence in that ever changes, I like the fact, and I hope that continues, I like the fact that I can reevaluate that and change that level of control. But I think that it's good that I have that option one way or the other. You know, uh, the thing about the Facebook ads you were mentioning, there is actually a setting that you can change on that, but I've forgotten how to do it. Yeah, I know. And it's so in there somewhere. I, so I have to look it up. Maybe we can put that into a parting shot in a future future episode. But it is time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation. You can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So a lot of my Mac friends this past week have been overjoyed at the release of Scrivener for iPad. Scrivener is a writing app that is available both on Mac and on Windows. Um, it's the app that I used, the application I used to write all of my iPad books because it makes writing long documents, books. I know people use it to write screenplays, but if you have to do a lot of research for something, it's a great way to organize it on kind of a core board format and put it on cards and then organize those cards together and then put everything together into a manuscript. Um, for a long time, those who wanted to be able to write on the iPad as well as on their Mac or Windows computer have been bereft, have been sad, but uh, that sadness is there no longer. The iPad app is out and from all initial accounts, it is a great app. So uh, if you're not using Scrivener, uh, I encourage you to take a look at it. It's a great writing tool. If you're already using it for Mac or Windows, you can now use it on your iPad. Uh, worth mentioning, I think it comes for the shockingly high price of $19. So yeah, it's, need uh, to, to, uh, it's crazy keep, expensive. Keep that in mind. So uh, my parting uh -huh. shot is something I'm going to be working on. So I live in a suburb of St. Louis that's known as like Tree City, USA or something like that. Probably one of you know, hundreds or thousands of cities with that nickname. But what that means is when big storms go through, trees fall and electricity goes out. And so three days without power and then a little intermittent power. Uh, and this happens on a, a more regular basis than, than I would like. But, you know, I like the trees too, so it's a trade-off. So I'm thinking about putting together what I call the Power Vultures Toolkit. So just kind of putting together all these things in one place that are useful to me. I mean, not just flashlights, but in those situations, you're going to be at places where you need power these days, especially for your phone. So extension cords, spare batteries. Uh, I'm even looking at solar chargers uh, as a way to do it, extra adapters, and just kind of having everything in one place as uh, like a, and I'm thinking of calling it, as I said, the Power Vultures Toolkit. But basically, how can I do charging when I happen to be at a place where I'm around power, where at the main place that I'm at, I don't have power, and then how do I conserve power. So uh, uh, one of my little projects uh, for the summer. Wow. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site, where you can find archives of all of our previous podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or send us a tweet. I'm at Tom Mile. Dennis is at Dennis Kennedy. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. 
And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. Help us out by telling a couple of your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.